Holly, the landlord, who remembers her from last year? Yeah, she overwhelmed me already. Um, I could relate to Kiki's mom because I have a young adult daughter, and I wonder if she's ever thrown the car, <laughs> thrown the phone into the car when I've been talking to her about many things that I feel like I need to talk to her about. Um, Kiki obviously is not doing that well. There's some kind of heartbreak in her life, and um, she's surrounded by people, it looks like, who don't quite get it. And we're going we're gonna to be able to walk with Kiki through Advent, and hopefully uh, during that time we're going to find ourselves in that story. Um, so I'm Janet. How many, I mean, I, there's lots of you I don't know. I'm a pastor on staff, and as Brian said, I'm going to be preaching through um, a lyric from the song, um, O Holy Night. And the lyric I was given this morning was, um, Long lay the world in sin and error pining. So we know what sin is, and we know what error is, those mistakes we make that cause lots of commotion and heartbreak and trouble. Um, But we don't use the word pining often. And the word pining means this. It means suffering a mental and physical decline, especially because of a broken heart. It means missing and longing for the return of something. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. And I think this year, in particular, we can really kind of, we can relate to that. Our world, we have seen, um, I think for me, just been more impacted by the senseless violence that we've seen, the displacement of peoples, and I know this has been happening over years, but it was really highlighted. Um, We, as a, a country, have been through a really brutal election, and we all feel beaten up from that, no matter who you voted for. Um, There's already been enough Facebook posts, right? Can everybody say amen to that? Um, And we are heartbroken. Actually, you know, the Sunday after the election, there were two people who walked into church, and they both talked to me. They had had voted for different people. Um, One had voted for Trump, one had voted for Hillary, but they both felt the same thing. They were walking into this place, and they were like, I'm afraid to go in there because I'm going to be judged. Um, So we as a church have experienced heartbreak and pain, and we need, we need healing. But maybe the election for you, it just pales in comparison to the blinding pain that you are actually experiencing yourself. Um, if you just read through our prayer requests, there are things going on in people's lives that are deep and hard. Um, I think one that really comes to mind recently is a friend of mine who's home taking care of her mother who has COPD, and she is watching her decline day by day by day, watching her, her mother really be destroyed by this illness. That's a, that's a heartbreak. That's a weariness. Maybe for you it's a relationship um, where you're not experiencing any hope. Uh, maybe it's in your job. Uh, maybe it's a child that you're really worried about, like Kiki's mom. Long lay the world um, in sin and error pining. It's all of us. All of us experience heartbreak. Um, The day after the election, John and I went to Stanford Shopping Center to return something. And we got there, and the parking lot was full. Like, it looked like Christmas Eve when everybody's there to get their their one gift. And I was like, what are all these people doing here? And um, realized once we got into the mall, it was like early Black Friday or something, all sorts of deals. And I thought, oh, yes, 
It is um, retail therapy at its height, right? The whole world can go to the mall, no matter who you voted for. And it made me think of this. Um, this is from a movie called um, Confessions of a Shopaholic. And she says, when I shop, the world gets better. And the world is better, but then it's not, and I need to do it again. I need to do it again. So the world gets better sometimes when we run to shopping. Um, my kids say to me, they'll say, uh, when you're stressed, you always say, I want to leave. I want to go. I want to escape. I always want to go somewhere else. I want to get out. Just kind of like Kiki. You know, I'm going somewhere. Leave me alone. Um, we may run into those things. But when we're heartbroken, we always run to something. And typically, we run to something that is not healthy for us and that is not of God, that we think is going to take care of our heartbreak, but it only lasts for a moment. And here we are. It's Christmas. Can you believe it? Two days ago, or three days ago, Thanksgiving. And here we are in the midst of ornaments and gifts and lots of food, and all those things are so much fun. And actually, I think we all need to have some fun. I think that's really important in our celebrations. Um, but they're not going to heal the heartbreak um, that we have in our hearts and our souls. They're not going to do that. And so um, this morning, what I want to do, it's kind of like a transit. We're transitioning. All of us are. It's the, it's the year of fast transitions. Um, we have to transition from Thanksgiving into Christmas. And we're going to do that together this morning by doing some reflection. So I want to make sure that you have your bulletin in front of you because um, I'm going to have you do take some notes. And I really believe in a hand um, heart-head connection. So when you take something that's going on in your head and you write it down and it connects with your heart, there's this place where Jesus can enter in and can work. And so as we talk about the weariness that we personally are feeling and that, that um, people felt when Jesus was born, I'm going to have you reflect and write some of that down and we're going to ask Jesus to enter into that weariness with us. Um, so I'm going to start by, does everybody, and if you don't have your notes in front of you and you have your phone, it's on version. So you can go to version, go to events, and then you'll find PCC's notes and you can write them right in there. Um, so I'll start with this, the Christmas story from Matthew 1.18. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And then verse 19 says this, Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce, to divorce her quietly. Can you imagine what was going on, the turmoil that was going on inside of Joseph? Here's a man who wants to be faithful to the law, which at that time meant being faithful to God. He wanted to do what was right in God's eyes. But at the same time, he had this relationship with Mary. And he knew if he had publicly disowned her, she was very vulnerable even to the penalty of death. And he didn't want to do that. And he was wrestling and pondering, what do I do with this relationship? How do I deal with it? Thankfully, God stepped in and spoke and told him what to do. But he had relational weariness. And I'm wondering if any of you have a relationship like that in your life. Not like necessarily like Joseph and Mary. But when I think about what weariness is, weariness is when you kind of come to the end of yourself. Joseph really didn't know what to do. He couldn't make it better. He couldn't fix it. 
and he didn't know what to do. And that's where God steps in. He steps into that kind of weariness. Do you have a relationship that you're struggling with where you've kind of come to the end of yourself? Where nothing you're doing is working? What I want you to do right now is I want you to name that relationship. I want you to write it down under the, on your notes where it says relational weariness. Write down what you're thinking right now. There was also political weariness going on when Jesus was born. It's not new. Um, Matthew 2, 1 through 3, I'll read that to you. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. That line, all Jerusalem with him, hit me harder this year than it has ever hit me. Because living in this nation that's divided, we're all disturbed. It doesn't matter who we voted for. There's this sense within us, that things are just not right. And how is God going to bring us together as a church, as a people, as a nation? And what is going to happen in our lives? We don't know what's going to happen. It was so similar for them then. Herod was an evil king, actually, and what he did at, in his, in his um, passion to be the one in charge and get rid of this Jesus is after the Magi did not come back to him and bring him who he wanted, he went and killed all the little boys um, in Jerusalem. He was really evil, and the, and the Jewish people had everything to fear because he was in charge. Um, but for us, there's a lot of uncertainty in our world and in our lives, and so politically we are unsettled. So I want you to just take a moment. Where do you need Jesus to enter in to your weariness when it comes to our political situation. Write that down. And then there's circumstantial weariness that we all experience. We all experience this. Luke 1, um, 2, 1 through 3 says this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own home to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. And while we were there, the time came for the baby to be born. We can read those words, and because and, we've heard them many, many, many times, and not think about how tough that was for them. 
Um, they had a three-day journey on the back of a donkey, 90 miles. Here's Mary. And think about the relational weariness that they've just been exposed to and a part of. You can imagine their community around them didn't hear from God. Mary and Joseph did, but their community around them didn't. I wonder how they were treated by those people. I wonder if they were walking along alone. I don't know. I wonder what they were thinking in their head about where are we going to have this baby? What's going to happen when we show up there? Is she going to have the baby on the way, potentially? How much pain was Mary in? All those circumstances were really heavy. And I'm wondering about your own lives right now. Where are your circumstances heavy? Where are you feeling weary at the end of yourself? Are you having a hard time paying your rent here or living in this area? Is that that causing pain? Is your job stable? How about are you working for someone who is um, just not, not a good person? and is causing a lot of pain and maybe dishonesty in your, in your workplace? Um, are you afraid for your future? What is it circumstantially in your life? Maybe you've been diagnosed with an illness and it's not going away. What is it, that place of weariness, that you want Jesus to enter into, that you need him to enter into this Christmas? Write that down. So long lay the world in sin and error pining. All of us, it's the same as when Jesus came into the world. We live in a dark world. There is sin, there is error. We are pining. But the good news, this is the good news. But then, the people, in Isaiah it says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. That's the good news. There is light in the midst of the deep darkness, and I took you to this place to kind of feel it a little bit, because I think sometimes we read the stories, we think about the stories, but we don't take time to feel the story. And I think the world out there needs us to feel the story. To, to be excited about the fact that actually Jesus enters into our weariness. And that's powerful. And that's where our hope lies. Isaiah 9 6 says this For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. So this child was born a baby. He came as a baby, and as Tabitha said earlier in our prayer time, not as a mighty king. He didn't come in and get rid of all the darkness. He came as a child. And he grew up in the midst of this world that is dark, and he still chose to save us. And that is a powerful truth. He still chose to die for us. I was meeting with this gal in downtown Redwood City who is seeking Christ. She doesn't know him yet. Um, But at one point, I remember she just grabbed my arm. and She's like, why would Jesus come into all this stuff? She said another word, but that's what she said. 
And I was like, you know, really, why did he? It's messy down here. It is so messy. There's a precious son. His, God gave his precious son and delivered him right into the darkness as a gift for each one of us. That is our hope. Jesus is a gift to be received and to be known. He is um, the one whose gov- the government will be on his shoulders. The government is on his shoulders. This passage speaks to the kingdom of God, and Jesus is the king of that. And the truth is, as citizens of that kingdom, all of us, we, don't, we, we pay respect to people who are in power or have a platform or are the president, but we take our orders from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's who we serve. We, see, we serve Jesus. The government is on his shoulders, and we take our marching orders from him. He is also a wonderful counselor. I found that out this weekend because yesterday morning I did not know what I was going to say to you all. And that's not a comfortable feeling. Um, But I had prayed and just asked him, Lord, what do you want the people to hear tomorrow? And um, he gave me something which I'll share with you in a a moment. Um, And I I woke up with a song in my heart yesterday morning and very specifically, this is what I want you to do. That is wonderful, wonder. It didn't come from a person. It didn't come from a book I read. It came from Jesus himself, from the Holy Spirit. That's the kind of counsel that's being spoken of there. Do you need that this morning? He is our mighty God. Do you view him as weak? Or do you feel like he's let you down? Do you need to know him as mighty? Do you need to know his power this Christmas? Everlasting Father, the Father that will never leave, that will be with us for eternity, um, that is always present and always there for you and for me. And the Prince of Peace, I think each one of us needs peace this Christmas. I think we need it. Um, Jesus, what he said to me yesterday morning was this, Janet, I I didn't come to be known about I didn't come to this earth for that reason. I came to be known. Jesus doesn't want you to know these names. He wants you to know him in those names. He wants you to experience him, aspects of who he is in these names that we have just read. I thought of um, this illustration, which is helpful to me. It's like we know Tabitha. We know Tabitha as our worship leader, and we also know she's a mom. We know she's a mom but we don't know her as mom. I don't know Tabitha as mom. Anya and Zoe know Tabitha as mom because she's the one, when they're sad, they lay their head on her shoulder. She's the one that loves them and sings to them at night. She's the one that feeds them and clothes them. She's the one that has fun with them by eating cereal on a full moon night. Um, Every full moon they have this thing where they, is it Captain Crunch? It's Captain Crunch. They eat Captain Crunch together. Um, but but they, they know their mom because they experience their mom. And that's what Jesus wants for us in these names. He wants us to experience him. And in that experience of him, we understand our union with him in a deeper way. And that's what I want for you this Christmas. That's what I believe he wants for you this Christmas. And so what we're going to do is Tabitha's going to come up and she's going to play a song of reflection. And the names that I read 
Oh, they're right there. I just want you to reflect, and I want you to pick one that um, connects to where you're weary. Because Jesus comes into our weariness where you want to see him show up and teach you more about who he is, where you want to get to know him better. So go ahead and we'll reflect and write that name down, and then I'll be back up. down, but I was just thinking as she was was singing was um, Jesus' words that if you seek me, you will find me if you seek me with your whole heart. So we're entering into Advent with that kind of a posture of seeking him to find him with our whole heart. (laughs) Um, I wrote down Prince of Peace. Um, 
on mine for various reasons. One of them is I just really struggle with conflict. I do not like it, and I can actually feel it. I'm sure that comes from my background. And so for our whole country to be in conflict, that's just been stressful. Um, but the other reason is, and I'm best illustrated by this story of this woman I met with in Redwood City recently, and she uh, wants to know Jesus, but she does not. She doesn't believe, but she really wants to know things. And so we were sitting out, outside of Bliss Coffee, and she, I'd say something about Jesus, and she'd hold on my arm, and she'd say, tell me again, tell me again. And she's in this situation where her, it, the back, her background's ter- it's just horribly hard, Lots of violence she's experiencing, terrible divorce. Her situation is terrible. But as I was sitting there um, with her, I thought, man, in my heart, all I wanted, I wanted her to seek, seek him because I knew if she sought him, she would find him and that he could bring peace in the midst of that horrible, awful situation because that's who he is. That's who he, he is. And so as we know him like that, as we know him like that, that kind of hope, that kind of hope is what our world needs. We need to be people who know Jesus, really know him, and then out of that place, this hope comes out, this love, this, this, this um, confidence that we know the Savior of the world. This is how we experience the thrill of hope because as I sat across from this woman, and I know, I believe, that she will choose Christ, that she will encounter him. I'm believing that, and I felt the thrill of hope. I felt that. Um, During this season, we're going to have a different benediction for all of us because what we want is we want that hope just to flow into you and out of you. And so the truth of this scripture, may the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. As God fills you, as you know him more, that hope will just overflow. So I'm going to pray with us. I'm going to pray a prayer that I'm going to be praying um, all season. And you can do a version of this yourself. Put that sticky note with the name of God in your Bible wherever you're going to see it every day. Wherever you're going to ask him in humility to enter into your brokenness, into your heartache, into your weariness, and to to show himself to you in a new way. Let's pray together. Lord, in humility we come before you. Um, I thank you that you came to us humbly as a child, and we come back to you as your children, um, wanting to know you more. We want to know you more. Don't let us settle for just a piece of you. God, give us a hunger um, to understand the fullness of your personality and your presence. Lord, you know the name that we all wrote down on that piece of paper. And we're just asking you, Lord Jesus, to enter into our weariness. In that name, in our heartbreak and in our pain. And then out of that place... Um, our relationship with you would deepen and we would know you more and it'll just be a natural outflow that others will know you more as well. We love you, Jesus, and we commit this season to you. Um, You have the name that is above all names.
listening to the Peninsula Covenant Church Podcast. We're located at 3560 Farm Hill Boulevard in Redwood City, California. You can reach us online at www.peninsulacovenant.com.